Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. McDonald's has announced that for um, the next month in the United Kingdom, Happy Meals, instead of a toy, will come with a book. And they will be renamed Disappointment Meals. <laughs> are you tired of people telling you how great you are? Do you get, ever get bored of that? Not really. Not really. That's good. <laughs> so I thought I'd ask some questions that I'm pretty sure you've not been asked before. Have you ever set the high score in a video game? I don't even know how to play them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Have you ever dated a magician? Ah, uh, let me think. <laughs> Last time you got drunk was? <laughs> Last night. Last night. <laughs> Apparently the government is reading our Facebook pages. Did you know this? There's a report from the Department of Homeland Security. It says they regularly monitor social networking sites like Facebook, Twitter, and MySpace. And so that's who's looking at MySpace, I guess. <laughs> what did your parents think about the fact that you were stripping when you were a teenager? They did not know at all. Oh, they didn't I, know. No, 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 no. What did they think you were up to? I don't know. I kind of disappeared for that eight months. I was just like, yeah. You know, I've been doing, I've been doing Channing's laundry, and there are a lot of dollar bills in his <laughs> underpants. <laughs> Tonight in New Hampshire, uh, the Republican primary election took place. New Hampshire voters gathered to decide which middle-aged white guy looked best in a pair of pleated dockers. My daughter turned 17, and we, we're pretty strict parents. We don't let them see a lot of stuff. And so she hasn't seen a lot of the films that I've been in, a lot of the work I've done. And I said, hey, baby, you know, you're 17 now. Actually, you can see whatever you want, and I can't stop you. I still want to have a discussion about what you're watching. She said, I don't want to see your stuff. <laughs> like, what if she goes, aren't you naked in some of your stuff? And she says, yeah, she goes, I don't need to see your stuff. I came up with a, um, I came up with a great campaign slogan for Mitt Romney today. It's time to mitt or get off the pot. You know that there are a lot of people that don't have jobs right now in America? Yeah. What would you do to get them back to work? Abby? I'll pull their teeth out and then the tooth fairy will come. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. If you're president of the United States, what would you do to make school better? I don't know what I'm going to do about education, but I'm just saying more schools in the Tri-County area. The Tri-County area? What's the Tri-County area? This place in Toy Story. Oh. <laughs> you know, somebody said to me earlier today, this flower looks like one of those flowers that you squeeze and blow something in somebody's eye with. Yeah. Like a joke flower. Yeah. What? Well, why not? You're dressed like a clown. You should have a oh, sporting flower. Whoa! Whoa! The uh, rapper known as Snoop Dogg ran into some trouble with the law over the weekend. Police in Sierra Blanca, Texas, found just under half an ounce of marijuana on his tour bus. Under half an ounce. Maybe they arrested him for disappointing them. <laughs> arresting Snoop Dogg for smoking pot is like arresting the sun for shining. It's what he does. 
You know what the fun part of something like this is? It's funny and then for like the first two minutes it's hilarious and then you've got to wear it the whole rest of the segment. I'm comfortable. I don't care. <laughs> if there is a wedding, will you have it on television? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if my, my TV days are done or not. I, I, have a, I predict you will not. In fact, I think you have no idea why you did this in the first place. <laughs> yes? They came too, taking their debut in the recession, showing us how to make do. In the middle was heavy, but light on the edge. With Chauncey Gibson, the righteous get fed. Trey Love crying from his heart to the core. On the move with the mind of an entrepreneur. A better tomorrow, we play for fight. Maximize potential, reshape your life. Time ain't never wasted. They got flaws with guided meditation. Rise above it all at least. Navigating through this Middle East. It's like trying to rollerblade up a hill of grease. The radio media is a married tutor. With Grandma tripping Don Adams Jr. Junior. Junior. Y'all know what it is, man. E-O. In the building, building.
at EOTMRadio.com. Don Adams Talk Show at EOTMRadio.com. And that's for those folks that want to send in those Blackberry letters that we're going to be reading. Uh, family, we have a, a very uh, interesting show lined up for you tonight. Some of you may know that tonight's topic is um, going to be about crooked cops. And we're going to try to cover uh, not just the officers on the streets, but we're going to also try to cover the corrections officers and the probation department. That's right, the corrections and probation department. We're not going to forget about those folks, our friends behind the walls. Um, We've got a few highlights lined up for you, family, in tonight's show. Uh, tonight we're going to have uh, an actual officer call in who's, who's uh, agreed to call in in a dialect with us. He's going to get on the panel with us, and he's going to give his opinion and so forth and so on about how he feels about some of the things that the community, uh, some of the thought process that's out in the communities. Uh, and hopefully he'll be able to dispel some of those myths that, we, that we're all operating off of. Um, family, I want to stress to you that, you know, the purpose of this show um, is really and truly to educate our brothers out there because, you know, we all know that, you know, there's a thing out there called racial profiling. Um, you know, and, and racial profiling is that well-known tool that a lot of officers tend to use uh, when they're looking for other things, uh, i.e. drugs or, you know, just anything that they can probably take you to jail for. Let's just be honest about it, family. And so we're going to try to cover that topic too, the racial profiling issue, and hopefully uh, now, I'm not going to say hopefully. I'm going to say actually. I'm going to leave you all with some information before the show is over with uh, that's going to give you some tools to, to, to hopefully combat that. A lot of folks feel like, well, the police are the police, and when they do what they do, they know what they're doing, or, you know, they must be right because they wouldn't be doing it if they did it. And I used to hear that a lot, but that's not always the case, family. We're going to try to shed some light on that for you. Um, also, I wanted to also put out there, family, that the Queens of Internet Radio uh, we'll be celebrating the queens of our community. Uh, we're going to have an event here in Atlanta on March the 7th. Uh, it's a pretty big event. Uh, we're going to have some celebrities present. Um, and I want to give away two tickets to this event tonight. If I can get four callers in, the fourth caller, I want to give you two tickets to this event tonight. Uh, family, before I go any further, uh, I want to bring in my, 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 my friend and co-host, uh, the one and only Trey Love. Oh yeah, bro. What's happening, family? I'm right here with you. You you already know, Batman. I got your back. I'm standing here. Um, I'm ready. I'm focused. I gotta give a shout out to all them beautiful, wonderful ladies. They mean so much to me. I mean, Carla B, Ronnie McAllister, uh, Sweet Tea, Queen G. Them ladies and and Grandma Griff, I don't even know that MF, but he he she, I don't know who what where he coming from, but they all mean a lot to me. You understand what I'm saying? So I just want to say um, I'm glad to be part of today's show and shout out to all the queens and everybody that has anything to do with EOTM Radio. Because, uh, <laughs> Trey, Trey. I'm right here with you, bro. I'm, I'm okay, okay. Well, family, listen, listen, I'm going to take us to a commercial break, family. And what I've actually, before we go to commercial break, I have something very special for my man, Trey Love. Trey, you, you there? You ready, Trey? Man, I'm, I was born ready. You All right, Night Rider, run the tape. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. 
right, Trey. So you know what it is. So we're going to officially be Batman and Robin.
is trying to bring that voice to you. And we're trying to give you all a leg up or at least a, a, a voice in what's going on by getting this petition out there and having, you know, your signatures put on it so that we can actually take this thing to Washington or wherever it needs to go. And so we can try to force a change in, on these child support issues. So with that being said, fellas, I'm very shocked at the fact that, uh, you know, I don't have as many signatures as I thought I would have. So, and I know we've got the listeners because, you know, family, we look in at the numbers and we know the listeners are out there, family, and this show alone has a huge listening population. So I'm going to put that out there right now. So I know that uh, this is not falling on deaf ears. So with that being said, you know, family, just keep in mind, we're trying to make a move here. And I'm going to urge you, you know, whether it's affecting you directly or indirectly, to sign the petition. I mean, and, and, so, and I may be off, more off the mark because some of you may not agree with what's being said, but for those that do agree, I'm urging you, sign that petition, okay? And that petition can be found uh, on EOTM, actually at www.eotmradio.com, and look to the right, and there's a link that says Child Support Petition. Trey, you got something on that, bro? I just wanted to jump in. I'm sorry. I was um, I put myself on mute, but trying to be professional, y'all. I'm, I'm back here. I'm self-medicating. You know, I'm trying to get these women to do what they need to do and everything. You know, so forgive me for not jumping on in when I'm supposed to. But uh, uh like I was saying, um, y'all listen to Dar Adams. What he's saying is this child support petition is very important. You know, aside from uh, trying to play about the situation, it's a very serious uh, thing that we're dealing with. So. As a community, um, we're not getting, again, we're not getting the numbers that we need. And I'm going to start pushing um, this as a, uh, a thing on my show as well. Uh, we need men, women, we need people. We need people to come in because, see, what we have to do, ladies and gentlemen, we have to stop thinking about ourselves and start realizing that life, that the world, that things that go on are bigger than us right now because we are already even though we're living in the present, the future, these children that are working with, dealing with, loving, caring for, cherishing their children and their children are the future. So what we have to do as ambassadors to the future is we have to pass the torch along. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get together. Let's get this petition signed. And 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 I want, you know, I don't want women to, to be bitter about, about this. What's that about that? What it's about is the fact that we all need to come together and and realize that it takes two. You can take a to break if your caller is here. Wanted to make sure I put that out there, man. Much love to the EOTM family. And for real, y'all, let's get that petition signed. You know, EOTM.com, go to the uh, website, check out the information. Make sure you get on all right? Yeah, that's, that's powerful, man. You know, and I, I know that, too. I know that I mentioned on the, one of the shows previously is that people need to realize one thing, you know, is that whether you're the recipient uh, of, of child support or the payee, is that these, these rules, these, these laws that we're right now dealing with, if we allow this to continue, will one day be the same rules and laws and conditions that our kids are going to have to deal with. And so, again, you know, you know, it's not just about us and my personal situation and, 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 and Trey Love's personal situation. It's about us as a group, as a people, to make this better. You know, when other folks get, when other folks in other ethnic groups see things that they don't agree with, they get passionate about it. 
and they get up and they do something about it. And nine out of ten times, they they contact who they need to contact, and they have laws passed to to make the changes that they are desiring to see. And so why shouldn't we do it? And with that in mind, I also want to address another issue. I know that some of the family out there has, you know, uh, said that I, I may sound like I'm a little upset or uptight about the child support issue. Well, I want to clear that up with your family because I believe in being upfront with the people. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I've had a lot of time to deal with my own personal uh, uh, things as far as that's concerned. And I've accepted those things, believe it or not. I have. But the thing that really gets under my skin is, is this, is that I'm not upset about it. I'm frustrated and I'm passionate about the fact that we can make a change. And I'm frustrated by the fact that we that some of us refuse to do that, and you know, and and at the end of the day, you know, there are things that are happening in other people's lives that don't have to happen, and it's really just a matter of, you know, hey, let's stand up, and if you really believe in it, if that be the case, let's make a change. Not, and I say that because I know that there are a lot of people out there that feel the same way because the same folks that are not signing this petition are calling into the shows, they're contacting my producers, and they're sending us emails, and they're sending us uh, uh, instant messages as while we're online with their personal stories, and they're wanting to get these stories out, but they're not wanting to do, make the changes. And see, that to me is talking with a double-edged sword. I'm, just, well, I'm sorry, talking out of both sides of your mouth, and I'm going to put you on blast, and I'm going to let you know that we need to go ahead and do something about it while we have the opportunity to do it. Is that Night Rider knocking at – we have Somebody a caller already? Okay. 302-420. Come on, get some. That's right. Hey, John, this is the third eye. <laughs> I knew he was going to call me. Third eye, what's going on? Hey, brother, I, I'm hearing you. I just had to chime in, and I had to say a couple of things about this uh, – signing this petition. I signed the petition. I signed Uh the petition, and and what I think our people are missing, our women, our men, our aunts, our uncles, our sisters, our brothers, I think what they're missing is that sooner or later, it's going to come to you, sister. So you're going to have a man who's going to have uh, a past that you're going to want these reforms to happen. When you get a man and, and it happens to your man that mm-hmm. his ex is, is treating him any kind of way and taking him through the court system, which is proven to be biased. I mean, it's not even a question that it's not fair. It would be a different story if it was a question about whether or not it's fair or whether or not it's sound. It's not. It's not fair. And what we need is we need these mothers, we need these sisters, who have brothers and sons and aunts, I mean, and uncles. We need them to step up, and nephews, we need them to step up. See, right now, what happens is, as long as it's about the the African-American male, for the most part, he suffers and nobody really cares. He screams in the dark. But as soon as they start putting the pressure on other people, then you take notice. Well, what I'm asking is, it's not just about the African-American male, but a higher percentage of us are taking this pounding from this, this, uh, this family court system, this, this, this court system that is surely biased. And, and, like, we had a caller last week that called in and talked about how it was, uh, he was able to work through the system. Well, 
that's one out of a one out of a hundred. You know, I'm able to work through parts of the system, but I still, you know, have mortgaged my life in order to to fight it. And we need these people to come on and sign this thing. Stop, you know. And my boy Malcolm X said, "It's time to stop singing and start swinging. Start swinging your pencil or your fingers and start signing this petition." Let's get on with it because it is affecting all of us. It's going to That's affect right. It's not That's right. you. It's going, to, it's going to affect your brother. It's going to affect your son. It's going to affect your nephew. We need to sign this petition. Come on, people. Wake up. Okay. Hey, uh, Third Eye, listen. Mm-hmm. Third Eye, I want you to hang on the line because, you know what, as a matter of fact, I'm glad you're on, uh, and I appreciate you as always calling in. But you know what, this next subject that we're going to go into um, I know it's going to probably be real dear to you. So if you don't mind, would you stay on the line? Uh, if you have, do you have the time to do that? Yeah, I got the time. Okay, great. Stay on the line. Right now, family, we're going to go to a commercial break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to get right into our subject matter. Okay, family? Let's take it to commercial night, Rob. Hi, and welcome to your Black Money Minutes, presented to you by BlackMoneyMatters.com. You know, when two people decide to get married, it's a pretty exciting time. But it also brings up a lot of hard questions. One of these questions is, how exactly are you and your spouse-to-be going to merge your money? The first step in doing this is to start discussing your financial goals. A good exercise to get this going is for each partner to make a list of his or her short-term goals, like paying off a credit card, getting a new car, or even going on a vacation. Then begin to list your long-term goals, like retirement or having a baby. From there, you should be able to determine which of these goals are a priority to both of you. Then, once you've identified these goals, you can focus your energy on achieving them. This is Gil Michelle. That was your Black Money Minute presented to you by BlackMoneyMatters.com. To get more information and receive our free newsletter, visit BlackMoneyMatters.com. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Well, 
Welcome back, family. Welcome back. Um, some of you may already know uh, that today's topic is um, about the cops in your neighborhoods. Um, it's no surprise that um, yeah, I mentioned racial profiling, you know, and uh, earlier before we you know got to this segment. But it's no surprise that uh, you know African American men are most likely the target of the racial profiling issues. Um, it's red and rampant. We've got some incidents that have taken place here recently in Georgia where deputies decided that they wanted to go to someone's home with a warrant uh, for an arrest of an individual that was already in their custody. And when the man said, hey, you know, this guy doesn't live here, the deputies walked in anyway, but the gentleman was smart enough to get a camera and film this incident. But family, the atrocity, the atrocity of it is that they didn't just do that once. They came back with a supervisor and did it again. Um, I know, family, that you may have been watching the news and saw here recently where um, a young black male was walking down the street uh, in one of our, I think it's Illinois, is that where it was? And um, he was accosted by several undercover police officers uh, because they suspected that he had a weapon. Uh, turns out this child was a honor roll student, a violin player. You know, family, I think the question that comes to mind is, you know, how far away have we really moved from the Rodney King incident? You know, when this country was basically slipped upside down because this man's rights were violated and we were fortunate enough to have caught that on camera. Where are we, family, in this, on this issue? Uh, tonight, uh, we're going to be joined by uh, our good friend Third Eye, uh, and I've asked him to stay on the line as well because I know that he he probably has uh, some some very good input on this particular subject. I know his his, his background, uh, and also we're going to be joined by uh, another officer. We're going to identify him as Officer A. And family, I want to be clear that we you know these officers, these men are going to speak their opinions. Uh, based upon how they feel and what they know uh, and so forth and so on. but And I know that some folks may be confused as to why we're calling him Officer A and, and why we're using the term third eye. It's because these men have lives outside of radio. And um, we want them to be able to speak their minds uh, unequivocally without any fear or any uh, thought of reprisal uh, away from this conversation. So that is the purpose of that. Uh, family, and it's for no other reason uh, than that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and introduce uh, Officer A, and uh, I'm going to uh, ask that he uh, say hello to the family and, and uh, you know, tell us what he would like to know uh, about the subject at hand. Officer A? Hey, good evening, Don. How you doing? Doing good. How's everybody on the show doing tonight? Good, good. All right. Uh, third eye. Oh, I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead, I'll say. Oh no, I'm. Uh, I'm just. Um, I'm ready. Uh, third eye. Yes, I'm here. Okay. Uh, any thoughts on the subject before we get started with it? Oh. Uh, well, I'm, uh, this is also a. I'm. I'm just gonna say to everyone um, that you should. Um, Keep an open mind uh, when you see uh, things that's portrayed in the media, what you read in the newspaper. It's 
got to remember those guys have jobs also, and they have to sell. They have to have some, something to report. And um, often, uh, often you get uh, partially what happened, or the partial truth, or the partial video on what's going on. And you know, and and, and uh, every action somewhere along had a reaction. So just when you when you when you see some things in the, in the news, read about it. I mean. Unless you got some first-hand knowledge of it, uh, just kind of keep an open mind because uh, I believe that every police officer, when he swears in um, and takes his oath, his or her oath, uh, they do it because uh, they really and truly want to help people. Now, what happens down the road um, and what they're thinking becomes and how the job pushes them one way or the other is a different story. But I think when they first come on board, they actually... Hey, Trey, you want to weigh in on some of that, Trey? Well, the way I feel about it, man, is, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, what the brother was saying about, you know, how um, we're dealing with the, um, the issue of, um, you know, law enforcement and police and everything. You know, it's just one of the things that, you know, as a, especially as African-Americans, you know, we have to deal with. Um, but my question, I want to ask the caller, who is an officer. Um, yeah, he's on the panel, Trey. Oh, he's on the panel. Yeah, he's going to be with us tonight. I'm sorry. I, yeah, he's, officer A and Third Eye are going to join us in this discussion tonight. Oh, no problem. But, okay, okay. good stuff. Officer A, I want to ask you a question. Um, how How is it? Are, are you a patrol cop or are you just, you know, what what is it? How do you how do you touch the community? Give me give me some feedback on how you touch the community because that's what's gonna um, kind of help me gauge my questions towards you. Well, when when I was a uh, a patrol officer, uh, one thing that I did um, uh, I always tried to be a community police officer. Um, back when I was patrolling, uh, there wasn't uh, we were so undermanned. There wasn't a lot of community police. But um, one thing that I understood that is, you know, as a police officer and on your feet, you are in tune and in touch with the neighborhood. Uh, small fires that can be put out very quickly and remain small, they're going to be small. But if you're not in tune with your community and you get a, uh, let's say, a domestic violence call, and you, you just go in and you just start slapping cuffs on instead of, sitting down and doing a little bit of counseling because, you know, that's part of the job, too, is letting people get off their chest, uh, then uh, you could have some issues there. So I would I would, I would, would stop, you know, if I had, a, you know, some time and shoot a little basketball with the kids, go to different high schools and junior high schools and talk with the, talk with the young kids or just, you know, talk to some people on the streets. Uh, maybe a guy did something, you know, he went the wrong way a little bit. I never forced to arrest him, but along with arresting him, you know, I tried to provide some counseling for him, and, and sometimes they didn't have a father figure. They couldn't believe that was his father, father figure telling them to do the right thing. But Officer A, so Officer A, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't mean to interrupt you, uh, Officer A, but you know what? Let me, let me, let me stress something, because you just said something that was very, very important, and I think the family needs to know. Um, is that you mentioned 
I think the fine line, I think what we call it, and, and family, just so you know, I'm an ex-officer myself. I worked, fortunately, as a, as a police officer and a corrections officer, and I switched over to Bayesian. So before we go any further, I want everyone to know that I am very well very well versed with what goes on behind the scenes with, with law enforcement. But, uh, Officer A, you mentioned something about before you decide to take someone to jail. Now, I know very well that there are some laws out there that mandate that an arrest will be made, but there are also plenty of circumstances where officer discretion plays a huge role in that. So if I'm understanding you correctly, Officer A, are you saying that you have seen situations where you can use your discretion, and you have? I, when, when, when I had an opportunity to use my discretion, I used my discretion. Because when you, when you take someone into custody and, and you enter their name into the system, uh, it's like that, like that old adage, uh, trouble is easy to get into, but it's very hard to get out of. And that's the same thing that happens uh, when, when police officers take people into custody and, and they're entered into a, a, a database or you know, into the system where you know, law enforcement is, is, is able to pull up and see, hey, this guy was arrested for a simple assault or he was arrested for this or she was arrested for that. So, yeah, I, I always practice using my discretion because, you know, you go to the academy and you're taught things, uh, you show things, you, you, you learn, those, you talk to law and things of that nature. But the most important thing about being a law enforcement officer is using common sense. Well, you know what, officer, I'm gonna tell you up front. You know, and that's a very, that's another valid point that you made about using common sense because, you know, and I think the purpose of the show is that a lot of our officers out there are not using common sense, and a lot of our officers out there are not following those guidelines. And I take no, and I take nothing away from you, officer, A, because I think that. Personally, you know what, if we had more guys like yourself that were out there doing the type of job that you're describing, then we wouldn't be in this mess. And the issue, and I, and I applaud you for your comments, absolutely, but the issue, again, and I want to kind of stray back into, you know, where we're going with this thing, is that cops are taught a certain thing in the police academies. And, unfortunately, once they hit the streets, you know, and, and, you know that training that they're given to deal with certain types of situation, uh, situations as they come up eventually just kind of fades out and it turns into a just catch-all, do what we want to do. But that's, that's not as common as we are starting to see rogue cops out there. Um, you know, recently we had an incident where an, an elderly lady was shot up in her home here in Atlanta, and she was killed. Grandma was sitting in the chair. And uh, the officers went in, uh, guns blazing, well, actually guns drawn, and the old lady didn't know who they were. She lived in a bad neighborhood, and she thought that these were people breaking into her home. Well, when the, when the, well as they say, when the, the shit hit the fan, uh, we find that these officers uh, falsified information to obtain a warrant. And um, we, did, we, ne we probably never would have known this had their informant not stepped forward and said, hey, look, I'm not going to be a part of this. You know, you guys lied. Eventually this, uh, those officers were given prison sentences for violating her, her rights. But, you know, and, and, and again, I don't want to cast a light on all of the negativity because I know full well, being a former officer myself, that there are some good men and women that, that wear those badges. But, again, the issue is what is going on in our communities with these rogue officers? Um, you know, can I chime in on that, Don? Yeah, hold on a second. Hold on a second, officer. Hey, Trey, go ahead, Trey. Okay, this is what I want to say to that. Um, first of all, um, Officer A, I appreciate what you said about um, 
being mindful of the situation in council. And I'm going to say this. Um, you know how they say it takes a village to raise a child? Well, I I think, my personal opinion, I think it takes a village to, to maintain a community, not just raise a child. Because once you raise that child and you call yourself putting that child on their own, that child or that human being and that person at at 25 and deal with society. So what, what does make a lot of sense to me is we need to get closer as people. When I say we need to get closer as people, Officer A, I like the fact that you said you want to know the people in your community because, Officer A, when you show up to a uh, – uh, and we'll just use a basic situation, nothing, nothing outrageous but a domestic violence situation, something that can be uh, – Calm down. You know, something that a person won't get killed or put in jail or it, it doesn't have to take, it doesn't have to escalate to a level that it could go to with just, if Officer A comes in, I've been knowing Officer A 10 years, 5 years, 20 years. I remember when he went through the police academy. You know, um, let's start supporting our law enforcement. You know what I'm saying, people? We should support, again, we talk about voting, we talk about changing things. What we have to do is start supporting our uh, law enforcement, so even when we do get pulled over, let me show you how the game works. I mean, this is coming from Trey Love's point of view. This is how the game works. I'm a people person. I love people. I attract people, and I try to treat everyone with respect. So what happens is, uh, uh, society, you know, us as, as I'm, I'm using African-Americans because I know this is an African-American-based show. When we are coming from an African-American point of view, what we have to do is when we see the officer pulling us over, instead of, man, what you pulling me over for? We have to pull out our driver's license, our registration, and we have to, I'm, I'm saying, this is what I do. And I'm going to tell you guys, when I get pulled over, just the situation where I'm pulled over by a police officer, I cut my car off. I get my insurance, driver's license, everything, and I put both my hands out the window. Automatically, <laughs> I'm taking the officer out the window. I'm telling you, I don't play with the police. Cause y'all, if y'all shoot me, y'all wrong. And that's why I'm glad I'm putting this on the radio. Straight up, you put, but I put both my hands out with my driver's license, insurance, and my car is off. So with my car being off, that's telling you right now, I'm not finna put this mug, mug in drive or try to run off on you. And on, and my keys is on the dashboard. And I got all the information you need right here. So again, you can prevent. We can prevent a lot of conflict if we just. There's certain things we do just to make you officers feel comfortable. But at the same time, if I look up and I see Officer A, who uh, my mama go to church with, my uncle, um, you know, they they shoot pool together on Saturdays, or he's in the bowling league, we have to be communities with these with each other. And this is the way I personally think that we can stop these officers from having an excuse to be rogue. Because if these officers are rogue, you know what they're gonna say? They're gonna come back with, "I know you didn't hit Miss Mary Child." Did you hit Miss Mary's son? Oh, my goodness. How, how did you do something like that? Now, that boy, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? So when, he, when you know the people in your community, it makes, it makes a difference. And that's something I think we need to focus on. And, and we, as, as, exactly. as we're on EOTM, we have to be leaders on that. We have to make sure that you're not people in these communities that are not from there because they, they have no history. We got to get history mm-hmm. this week. All right, touch hey. on that. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, third eye. You know, I'm gonna chime in. I'm gonna piggyback slightly off of what uh, Trey Love was saying there. I I I concur with him, especially from the standpoint of if you take somebody who is angry and you give them honey, they're not angry anymore. 
and what we have to do, I, I, I agree with Trey Love from the standpoint of you, you, you can catch more bees with honey than you can with vinegar. So if, if he sees that you're in a submissive role, he's going to have a harder time proving that he had uh, uh, legal call to draw his gun, to beat you up, to shoot you. Absolutely. If, if, but when we get a guy pulls over and we're yelling at him and we're going in and cursing and arguing with him, hey, that gives him all the rights in the world. So a lot of times we can avoid some of this by just taking a chill pill. You know, even if, even if he's wrong, you want to know why he pulled you over? I would sit there as easy as, as pie, as, as easy as I possibly could, and that can neutralize the situation. Now, on the other side of this coin, we have to understand that there is going to be some profiling. Absolutely. Why? Because, first of all, there are two things that we have to consider. There are, uh, there are a lot of law enforcement who uh, have not been socialized consistently in, tra- in the training mode to the area in which they are working. And what, oh, yeah. I mean by, what I mean by that is you can't take a guy who joined the police force who graduated from Seton Hall and then put him down in Bedford-Stuyvesant or in the ghetto and think that he's going to be naturally sensitized to what these people who live in these lower economic uh, situations are, are going to be able to handle. He's not going to be sensitized to that. So then, therefore he's going to automatically be be on edge when he comes into these. So there's not enough training for these law enforcement officers. They need well, more training. And Go ahead. What were you going to say, Don? Yeah, well, well, third eye, you know what? I mean, you're breaking out with some interesting points, and, I mean, I want to I want to chop in on some of that because, I mean, <clears throat> you know, here's the thing. I know that when I served as an officer in any capacity that I have served, that I was always taught, supposedly situational training. So, again, you know, my standpoint is this, is that knowing that I have a law enforcement background, I know what you, I know what, uh, you guys are taught, and I know how you guys are taught to react to certain types of issues and how you're taught to use the levels of force, the continuums, and so forth and so on. But here's the issue, I think, Third Eye, is that too often, you know, when these officers are stepping outside of the line, okay, I think that the family wants to know, needs to know, and should know, how can we deal with that? Other than just sitting there and being accosted by some of these officers, because I personally, as an officer, I remember the first traffic stop that I was ever a part of, you know, an officer pulled a gentleman over, and I I rolled up for backup. And the next thing I know, I'm getting out of the car, and the officer's smiling at me and got the guy looking the other way, and all of a sudden he mysteriously pulls out a bag of, you know, of uh, cocaine. Well, you know, initially I couldn't believe what I saw, you know, and my thought process was, you know what, I'm not going to be a part of that. And you best believe I didn't put my name on any parts of that. And I told him point blank, if you go forward with that, I'm not going to be a part of that. But that was me. And believe you me, and you guys know that there's, hey, when you, when you go against the, the, the grain, there's going to be some hell to pay. And I did pay the price. But at the end of the day, you know, what can the family do in order to protect themselves from this? Because uh, you know, some of the information that I'm going to put out tonight have to do with a lot of Supreme Court rulings about traffic stops, about what police are allowed to not say and not ask these people. 
about what you are allowed or what you're supposed to be doing or what you're required to do by law, opening your mouth and so forth and so on. Now, Officer A and um, uh, Third Eye, with what I just mentioned about the, what we're required to do by law without opening our mouths, I'm sure you both understand where I'm going with that. So, Officer A, I'm going to give you an opportunity to speak on that for me. Would you do that? Uh, no problem, but I'd like to touch back on what you said about uh, uh, these road cops uh, being exploited more and more in, in today's uh, media. And I want to say this to you, uh, that there's, there's always been road cops. Like there's, there's always been dirty uh, members of Congress. There's always been that pilot that takes a drink and gets up and flies his airplane. You know, that, 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 that's always happened. It's just now more when it happens, it makes the news. Uh, I was watching a show, I think it was Sunday, on A&E, and they were just talking about ATF first started out. They were trying to, um, when ATF first started out, and they were they were trying to enforce prohibition. Well, they couldn't do it because the ATF agents was on the take. They were getting paid $500 to look the other way when their check was only $1,500 a month. So that, that, that I mean, Everybody needs to remember that these police officers, uh, these doctors, these lawyers, and all these people, they were the ones who went to the high school prom with you. They played on the football team with you. They're the same ones who used to play pickup basketball and such. They're, norm they're everyday people, and just like everyday people, you know, can fall off and go leave, be led astray, so does these people. Now, even though we're held to a higher standard, and see that's and that's and, and Officer A, I'm gonna I'm gonna step in and I'm not to cut you off, but you just mentioned it again, a higher standard, because you know what, when you put that badge on, you representing that badge day and night, and you are supposed to conduct yourself at all times, especially in an exemplary position when you're on the job, right? Don Don, you're absolutely correct. You're 100 percent correct. But again, you're you're, people are expecting uh, police officers, uh, as well as all of these professional jobs I just mentioned, to be like supermen or superwomen and never, never go astray. It's, it's not going to happen. I mean, they're, they're human beings. We are human, and we're going to make mistakes. But I don't think um, uh, that the mass majority of police officers Get involved. No, 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 no. We're not saying that. We're not saying that, officer. But, but here's the thing: if a, if I go to a doctor and I'm supposed to be having surgery on my left foot, but he accidentally slices off my right foot, that's a major lawsuit. If I'm riding down the street and the police pull me over and I happen to get a black eye or a broke arm out of that, there may or may not be some repercussion for that. You follow where I'm going? And I'm not saying that other professionals should be held to a different set of standards. But, you know, and I'm going to break it down, and I'm going to say it to you like this. I believe that officers, and you all are taught this, that in the academies, that you operate under what's called the colors of the law. So technically, when you are operating, as long as you're operating under the colors of the law, you virtually all cannot be sued. And this is where I'm going to go with this discussion, which is that you all operate under what's called autonomy. And autonomy, I think, being the wonderful thing that it was set out to be, has been taken advantage of. Now, you know, EOTM standpoint, or my standpoint, should I say, is this. 
is that anything that's not good for one of us is not good for any of us. And I say that loudly. And I'm not condemning officers that are out there. We will never do that because I said it, and I'll say it again loud and proud. I have served as an officer, and I will tell you that there are unequivocally some great people. I know you, and I know Third Eye. I think that you all are doing an excellent job out there, and I would never even put a tag like that on you. But the issue, once again, is that we have officers out there that are doing some foul things in our community. And, you know, at the end of the day, if a, if a school teacher got caught doing something that they weren't supposed to be doing, they may lose their job and get fired. If a doctor uh, misdiagnosed something, he would probably be sued. If an airline pilot was drinking on, while flying, his ass would go to jail. And no questions asked. But all too often, these cops are out of control, and they're doing things in the community that are unwarranted, that are malicious, and in some cases have caused murder. Look at the case of Miss Johnson, uh, you know, at home watching, you know, Family Feud. Five cops come in and shoot her. Then there was a case here in, in, in Georgia where we had another officer who was arrested and sent to federal prison recently, and I think he was the chief of police, as a matter of fact, was using his PCU for kitty porn. And we, you know, and, and not to mention here at East Point, uh, we just recently had another officer who was arrested for a DUI charge, but they were very slow to come and bring him to justice. As a matter of fact, he received his charge and was allowed to go home, and they caught up with him the next day. So, you know, and, and here again, and again, I'm not pointing the finger and saying, okay, you know, hey, uh, 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 you know, there's an overwhelming majority of you all that are doing a bad job, but you know something, fellas? Let's keep it real. Let's keep it right, because Don Adams is going to take the gloves off in just a second. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's happening too much. Because the Constitution of this country tells you that we all have a right to move about freely without being harassed by the police and unjustly. You know, our forefathers, when they created these laws and brought the Constitution on board, that was one of the concerns that they had, and that's why they made it a living Constitution, so that it could be changed as time went on. But, it, but unfortunately, again, that Fourth Amendment right, Fifth Amendment right, is being violated by these cops out here. So, again, I'm going to say, you know, hey, I applaud you guys, but what can we do? What and what and you guys? I'm go ahead. You know what, John? Yeah, go ahead, Trey. Hold on, hold on, Trey. Go ahead, Trey. Go ahead, Trey. Yeah, what I wanted to um, just put out was this. Um, uh, uh, there's this thing, and, and Don, you being a vet like I'm a vet, it's something that we learned, uh, the discipline we learned in the military. Police each other. So often, mm. hey, and to whoever else is in the law enforcement industry, what we should do. Is well, well, what you should do because I'm not on that side of the law anymore. I'm actually the, the brother you're going to be pulling over. But anyway, long story short, what I'm saying is <laughs> we have to, you guys have to police each other. When I say police each other, what it is is you guys kind of got to be big brothers to each other. You know, it's, it's uh, officers that are going to be Caucasian, officers that are going to be, uh, say, older black gentlemen or. Um, Oriental or Hispanic or or um, of vicious, different nationalities, other than per se um, per, per se more minority uh, officers or you know majority officers you know white whatever. But what you guys have to do is you know for the few of you that are are like Officer A, and I'm not saying a few because I'm, I'm not even going to say that it's not good police officers out there. I have an uncle Lloyd Taylor who is retired Chicago. 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.